Welcome to Come Alive. I'm your host, Helena Jidovich, and I'm drawn to people who are engaged with life, eager to converse about truth and love, attentive to the people around them, and free to express the movements of their hearts. Here I'll share some of my daily prayer and life experiences of begging God to transform me into one of those people. Welcome along for the ride. Welcome to Come Alive, episode 14. Today we're going to talk about being in a funk, feeling defeated, and how sometimes we hear God's voice through a secular means. So to wrap up this book, Life of the Beloved by Henry Nouwen that I've referenced the past two podcasts, um, remember this is a book he's writing to a secular friend of his that requested that Henry Nouwen write uh, something about the spirit that would strike his secular friends. So when he finished the book, he showed this friend, Fred, and the friend said, um, this is really beautiful, but it is so like dreamlike to us. You've missed answering like the big questions that we need and we feel very like out of touch with what you are um, expressing. He says, long before you start speaking about the beloved and the becoming of the beloved, you have to respond to some very fundamental questions for us. When you don't help us answer these questions, all of your beautiful meditations on being and becoming the beloved remain dreamlike for us. So he was not able to enter into the secular mentality and Henry Nouwen reflects on that and says, um, he tried to be a witness of God's love to the secular world, but had sounded instead like someone who was so excited about the art of sailing that he forgets that his listeners have never seen lakes or the sea, not to mention sailboats. I love that imagery. Um, and I think that's a great lesson for all of us as we um, interact with people in our lives that maybe have no concept whatsoever of um, an experience of faith or who God is. Um, and that could be a whole nother lesson. <laughs> but to wrap up here, um, Henry Nouwen, of course, is feel felt like defeated about that, felt like, well, I put all this work into this book. I thought it was going to be really great for you. I wrote this for a particular purpose. And you're telling me that I've completely failed, actually. So that is very defeating. And he was unsure what to do with this book. Does he forget about it? Does he rewrite it? Does he publish it as is? Uh, what should he do with this? And he happened to have sent it to a couple um, like Christian friends. And um, they actually wrote back to him about how impactful this book was for them. And he, you know, he was, of course, concerned, like, okay, but what about Fred, you know? And his, his Christian friends are saying, you might not have been able to write all that Fred needed to hear, but Fred certainly enabled you to write what we need to hear. Couldn't you just be happy with that? And here's what Henry says. Here the real irony of writing hit me. I had tried so hard to write something for secular people, and the ones who were most helped by it were searching Christians in Washington and London. I suddenly realized that without Fred, I would have never found the words that were so helpful to believers. For me, there is more than an irony here. It is the mystery of God using his secular friends to instruct his disciples. Mm. It is the mystery of God using his secular friends to instruct his disciples. That one cuts the pride right out of us, doesn't it? That's how I felt when I read that. And what a what a spin zone, you know, moment that Henry is having that the Lord has revealed to him. Actually, you don't need to feel so defeated here or paralyzed here. Actually, you've created something beautiful for a purpose, different than what you intended, but I will still use it for the good. 
So I love that and I'm so encouraged by that. And um, that line has really stuck with me and made me think this week, like, how is the Lord using secular friends to instruct his disciples, to instruct me, particularly in my life? And actually this week, twice this happened really um, impactfully in my life. Um, I don't know what the deal was. Sunday morning, I just woke up. Very sad girl, sad moment. You know, sometimes it just feels like, what is the point of life? Is this just a miserable existence? Why does this go on for so long? Nothing particular was wrong. I don't know. I just was like, sad girl, big time. So I slept in, I went to a later mass than usual. I like wallowed myself on over to mass and had a scowl on my face the whole time. I turned around um, for the sign of peace and there's a girl behind me that I met a couple months ago at a young adult thing and she was like, oh, hi, how are you? And I thought, I am not gonna talk to her after mass. I am not talking to anyone. I am not in the mood. Like, I will not do it, Lord. Don't you dare make me. And sure enough, I avoided her entirely and knelt as long as I had to to thank the Lord for the mass and then left and made sure I did not run into anyone. And then I thought, wow, what am I supposed to do with myself now? I don't have plans for another like four hours. So like now what? And I just feel like cranky. I feel like a porcupine. I feel angry and sad and I don't even know what to do with myself. And all I wanted to do was to go back home and like eat a giant ice cream sundae and lay in my bed and watch sad movies. And I thought, okay, well, that's not gonna make me feel better. <laughs> and that sounds like the worst choice possible, but really that's all I wanna do. And I just don't even know what else to do with my time right now. And then I was reminded of Dax Shepard, who has a podcast, he's an actor, he's married to Kristen Bell. Um, and I really enjoy him. Uh, in his podcast, he really, in general, is just too obsessed with sex, so sometimes you just gotta fast forward through those things, but otherwise, he has a lot of impressive things to share and to say, and he used to be um, addicted to cocaine and alcohol and has been in AA for like 16 years, and is just incredibly honest and vulnerable and um, wants to cultivate like a life of great self-awareness and of making good choices and of living in good healthy friendships and i'm just really impressed with with the way that he speaks about his life and so i was thinking like okay wow dax is always talking about like okay what's my self-awareness right now in this moment like how am i feeling uh who am i what do i tend toward naturally what kind of a person do i want to be what kind of a life do i want to be living and I have the power to choose. He is very big on that. You have the power to choose for your life in your situations. And that reminded me too of a friend who is um, parenting her little child, four years old, and um, she was just having, uh, about to have a temper tantrum, you know, was a little, being cranky, you know, and um, her mom leaned over and like whispered to her, okay now, do you want to be a puff puff fish or do you want to be a kissy kissy fish? <laughs> and I just thought, wow, I don't even need to know the story behind this, but this is brilliant because here is mom reminding her, like you have the power to choose in this moment. I know that your emotions are coming out. I know that something like feels off, but you know what? Like you have the power to choose in this moment. And I thought, oh my gosh, what a lesson for me. <laughs> like, what about me? Do I have the power to choose? What am I going to choose in this moment? So 
then I thought, okay, let me just not make the worst choice. You know, let me literally any other choices. Okay. And I'm like, well, the best choice would be if I was productive in this way, or if I ran this errand, or if I started this project. And I was like, nope, I cannot handle that right now. Let me like be aware of my humanity. And let me see that right now I cannot make the best choice, but I'm going to try to not make the worst choice. Any other choice is fine. Okay, so I start, I decide, all right, I should go to Holy Redeemer. Let me go start with prayer. You know, I don't really feel like it. I don't really know what good that's going to come, but I know that's a good thing for me. And that's a part of like the lifestyle that I want to cultivate is daily prayer, even when I don't feel like it. So let me bring my wallowing little butt on over to Holy Redeemer and let the Lord deal with his bratty little child in the most loving way that only a good, good father knows how to do. So on the way over, I'm taking a stroll and I'm realizing, oh my gosh, I haven't walked over here in a while. It was at St. Patrick's. I wandered over and I thought, wow, this is so beautiful. Like when I was in my early years of college, I used to love walking over here. I remember when it felt like, you know what, every day is so free. You spend the whole weekend just biking around, walking around, going to the farmer's market, just kind of like wasting time for fun and nature and Madison. And it was so exciting. And then I thought, well, I always wanted to walk into this little pinkest market that's on the corner, this little triangle. I've never gone in there. So I walked in there and, um, you know, still kind of uh, <laughs> wallowing and very much like, I don't want to speak to people. I don't even know if I need anything from here, but like, I think I'm trying to avoid going to prayer, even though that's like where I'm going. So I'll just walk through here to see this place. <laughs> and I was about to walk out and behind the counter, there was someone wearing a Croatia hat. And I thought, oh, I do not feel like getting into some conversation. I don't want to talk about like where I work or what my faith or I don't, I just like do not want to do this right now. I don't have that energy, but I thought, you know what? I'm so excited. Like, look at their Croatia hat. So I said, Hey, do you have some affiliation with Croatia or what's this? And, and they told me that they had watched, um, uh, the World Cup like five, six years ago and their family like bet on different like underdog teams. And so they all like got like, um, apparel like for those teams and, and they would have never expected Croatia to go so far as they did anyway. So he is wearing this hat and is reminded of that. And I, that just also, I was like, wow, that's cool. Like that was nice to interact with a human being, with a stranger, fun to talk about Croatia. Okay. So I go to the adoration chapel. Great. Thank you, God. Didn't feel a ton better, but thank you, God, that at least I've done what I'm committed to do every day um, and trying to offer some some love to the Lord. And so then I thought, okay, now what? And I thought, you know what? Wow, I just miss Croatia and I wish I was there. And now I feel wallowing and self-pitying that I'm here and blah, blah, blah. And like, what is this? And I thought, you know what? If I was there, what would I want to do? I would want to go sit in a coffee shop. So I wander myself over to Fairtrade Coffee, which I love. And I go ahead and take care of my uh, human needs. <laughs> Um, a human pleasure is I have a nice little shot of espresso and a delicious little berry bar cake thing. And I'm sitting in the window. I love people watching. I love the natural sunlight. So here I am enjoying these delights of this world and um, looking through photos of when I was in Croatia to decide what photos am I going to print? Should I make an album? Should I post them online? Who should I share these with? Just reminiscing and, and that's already helping, right? Put me in better spirits and not just wallow in whatever misery I'm feeling to be reminded that people love me. I have great experiences. Actually, my life is pretty awesome. Like, I don't need to be sitting in this kind of misery. And then here walks by a girl that I, uh, a friend of a friend, and um, I asked if that was her. And so then she sat down and we were chatting and she was showing me pictures of the weekend and blah, blah, blah. And it was just really lovely. And I thought, wow, this is nice. And she was affirming like, yeah, sometimes it's so great to just go like be alone places and to just learn like what, what you enjoy personally and how to spend time uh, alone. 
Okay, so then time is going on and I'm thinking, okay, you know, days are, you know, another day or two passing and I'm thinking, well, okay, like what's going on with me? Why am I feeling so cranky? What is this? And I realized, wow, a part of this is a jealousy over like friendships and loss of friendship and something in this whole kind of arena. So I thought, all right, let me seek, let me seek some self-help. You know, what do, what do people have to say about jealousy? So I'm really like Googling this on YouTubing this, you know, seeing, and I run into this woman, Mel Robbins. Okay. I don't know much about her. I've only listened to her for three days, uh, but here she had something incredible to say about jealousy. So again, here's a great secular a woman that the Lord is speaking to me through. She says that actually jealousy is not hatred, but is desire. And we should pay attention when we feel jealous because actually jealousy is extremely personal in that it's really a direction on a map of our life. It's a guidepost for what we are desiring. She said, for example, uh, she feels no jealousy towards someone who has a gorgeous penthouse suite in New York City. She said, I have no interest in that for my life, so I have no jealousy over that. But when there is something that you really want, you feel jealous over it. So to, she's encouraging to pay attention to that and, and then to move that from like a negative emotion, but to uh, aim that at inspiration, at motivation, to say, what am I going to do about this? And in my life this week, both like emotionally, friendship wise, but also in terms of like, what do I want my life to look like? What do I want my prayer life to look like? What do I want my office space to look like? What do I want to dress like? All of these like questions um, about life. What keeps striking me in what I'm hearing is it doesn't have to be this way. Okay, like for example, our great new pastor, Father Eric Sternberg, he is a man with great taste. He is a man who understands the importance of setting up a space well, the importance of beauty, the importance of organization, and just keeping things that way. I'm over here thinking like, nobody's ever taught me this. Everything has always just been kind of wherever it gets put, it gets put and that's that. And I've never stopped to think further about in my room, in my house, in my office, like, hmm, should that go there? Do I want that to go there? Could that go somewhere else? Has never crossed my mind a day in my life. And then all of a sudden I was thinking, oh, I want my office to look like his. Like, oh, I want to buy pretty things for my house like the rectory is getting. Oh, I want, and I'm like, ooh, I know this. And this emotion within me, the Lord has so often taught me, wow, actually I'm realizing this real time. <laughs> this is like a moment when I feel, wow, it's like, Wow, thank you, Mel Robbins. This is it. Okay, when I feel jealous is really the word. It's like the Lord prompting me like, hmm, do you want that? Could you have that? Like when I was deciding to leave pharmacy school, I was like, oh, how come other people get to be teachers and other people get to study psychology and other people get to be counselors and work with young people? And it was like, oh, actually, like, why can't you have that? <laughs> you could have that, you know? And that has happened time and time again for me in my life and it's such a such a like um it's such a signal to me of like oh that's something that i want but i haven't like let myself pay attention to it yet so now let me pause and dream let me dream of the ideal what would it be how would i want this thing to be if it didn't have to be this way if it didn't have to be the way that like i'm used to it being or nobody ever taught me this or no one ever showed me how or whatever if i were to dream it up what would it look like and then what steps can I take toward this ideal?
right now in the here and now. So um, the disaster that is my office, thank you for everyone uh, who has been patient <laughs> uh, in, wow, the disaster that is my office that I just really haven't noticed. Like, why has this box been sitting here for a year? This box for a year and a half. These boxes have just accumulated. It's like, do these things have a place? Could I put them elsewhere? Like, it doesn't have to be this way. It's like, somehow this is brand new news for me. <laughs> so hopefully it's helpful for other people out there as well. And this can apply to, like I said, many, many parts um, of our lives. Do you want to be like the home or the apartment where like people want to come hang out at all the time? Okay, what do you need to do to cultivate a space like that? And then to start inviting people over. Do you want to uh, have a, be a person that has like all sorts of hobbies? Okay, what does, what, what would it look like to be a jack of all trades? And what do you need to do to start like moving in that direction? Like, yeah, just what is it that you, do you want deeper friendships in your life? Um, and what do you need to do? Do you want your life to feel like you're at summer camp all the time? You know, and, and what do you need to do to cultivate that in your life? It doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be the way that it is at the moment. And in this like week right now, I'm feeling much more uh, positive and like moving to be inspired, you know, um, rather than paralyzed. But earlier this week, very much, I was texting a friend about this sorrow and paralysis I was experiencing. And she sent me back this scripture passage um, from... Uh, when Jesus calms the storm on the sea and it said, the disciples say, my God, we are perishing. And I thought, yes, that is how I feel. My soul is perishing. I, my like life force is perishing. My like energy to care is perishing. Like I, it just feels like life is kind of pointless and miserable. Like what's going on here? Because I also know the truth that like you are good God. So I'm confused at what is this? And Jesus's answer here in the story is, where is your faith? He calms the storm and he says, where is your faith? So I've been asking the Lord these past couple days in prayer, where is my faith? And what does that mean? And how do I live in that space where I feel like I'm perishing and yet also I'm holding on to great faith? And how do I make sense of all of this? And and truly, these these two people, Dak Shepard and Mel Robbins this week, have like really helped bring me out of this funk, like in this like very human kind of way of like, what do I have control over and how can I keep moving and not get stuck here? Um, and then today, as I was asking the Lord again, um, where is my faith? Here was the reading from morning prayer today. And I thought, wow, this beautifully answers this question. It's from Romans 8, 18 through 21. The sufferings of the present are as nothing compared with the glory to be revealed in us. Indeed, the whole created world eagerly awaits the revelation of the sons of God. Creation was made subject to futility not of its own accord, but by him who once subjected it, yet not without hope, because the world itself will be freed from its slavery to corruption and share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. Thank you, God, for that reminder that creation was made subject to futility. That is just the way that it is. This world is not going to give us everything that we want and some days are going to feel more miserable than others. And yet it says, not without hope, because the world itself will be freed from its slavery to corruption and share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. And please, Lord Jesus, if we could hold on to deep within our hearts 
this glorious freedom that you are offering to us to enjoy in small moments in our life right now and especially at the end of our life that these sufferings of the present will end there will be a great glory revealed in us uh, in the end and that we are made for that and that so much reminds me of a priest this week who um, I was asking why we have to be living this miserable existence for life. Why can't we be in eternity? And he said, I know that God wants us to find joy in living our Christian lives right now. And I know that that doesn't change how much it sucks. But also remember that you have a positive impact on many people and that God has great things in store for you. And to that end, I say we thank you and praise you, God, Heavenly Father, for your goodness for the beautiful afterlife that is awaiting us, for your deep desire for us to have joyful moments in this current life and for us to grow in trust and hope of what is to come, what you have to offer for us. We ask you please that you would inspire us, that you would help us to hear your voice clearly and that you would continue to give us inspiration uh, on this journey of life, that we would not give up, that we would not be paralyzed or defeated, that we would keep moving, and that we would keep our eyes on you. We pray all these things in your most holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Come Alive. I pray that you keep asking questions, keep pondering what is sticking with you from this, and most importantly, talk to the Lord about it in your time of prayer today. If you want to share anything with me and you know me, I'd love to hear it. If you don't know me, you can email me at helenad at uwcatholic.org, and I'd love to hear from you too. God bless you all.